Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're about to hear is the only son from heaven, ELW 309. Welcome back to Sing to the Lord, a Lutheran podcast about Lutheran hymns. So we have Zachary Brockhoff and Lars Olson back with us this week. Thanks for being here, Zachary. My pleasure. Glad to be here. You too, Lars. Thanks, Mason. <laughs> You're always so kind to me. Uh, today we're picking up on um, this hymn, The Only Son from Heaven. It's a ELW 309. Zachary, could you tell us a little bit about the history of this hymn? Sure. Um, a lot of the hymns that we sing uh, regularly in worship have a little bit of a story to them, and that's oftentimes how hymns get uh, compiled. You know, when when somebody's going to talk about hymns, it's sort of the the unbelievable stories of you know hymns from from the 1500s or something, and and uh, then then you start to question: Is any of this real? Or uh, it's just it seems almost unbelievable at times. But but in looking at this particular hymn, um, it has an interesting history and a little bit of a story to it. So I thought I, I might share that. Um, this particular hymn, so Luther begins writing hymns, and he quickly realizes uh, he can't write all of them. Um, he's he's after he's after hymns uh, that are going to be in uh, in German for people to sing. So many were in Latin prior to the Reformation. So he says. Uh, I'll I'll start writing, but I need help, and so he puts out a call for people to to start writing their own hymns, and this grows out of that call. Um, uh, it's interesting the way that happens here. It's one of the uh, first hymns we have, and one of uh, one of the only hymns we have um, from uh, a woman who's writing during time of Reformation. Um, the text, the tune we don't know much about. It's a folk tune, and um, you know uh, it. It appears in various forms, so we can't even really decide, is that the tune or is that something else? It's, uh, that's not altogether helpful. But the text itself is interesting. So, uh, you know, with apologies to the Missouri Synod who, who may take issue with the scriptural validity of what I'm going to say, and to the ELCA and other church bodies that think, um, think they sort of were the pioneers in women's ordination, we have to say this is the first uh, Lutheran uh, preacher uh, who, who is a woman. And um, we know this. Now I'll qualify that and make make our Missouri Synod friends feel better in saying this was only in her dreams, and I mean that quite literally. So the story goes that she told her her husband um, one day. She said, I, "I dreamt last night that I was in the Castle Church in Wittenberg, and I was and I was preaching." And uh, she says, "But I know this can't be the case. Um, there's no way this is true." He says, oh, but you are preaching in your hymns. <laughs> nice. And so uh, this is the story. We, again, I don't know that this is entirely true, but this is absolutely what she sets out to do. And we know this 
because the hymn gets subtitled, A Hymn in Praise of Christ. So Elizabeth uh, Krusiger here sets out and says, I'm going to write about uh, Jesus Christ and who Christ is. So um, that's what she does. Um, you'll notice it's a hymn that really doesn't say anything about Jesus as the Lamb of God, and this is sort of the great proclamation that John the Baptist makes, behold the Lamb of God, and that's not anywhere in here. Right. Um, and it also similarly doesn't say anything about uh, an invitation to come and see Jesus or right. or, or learn more about him. So um, later on we'll talk, there are hymns obviously that talk about Jesus as the Lamb, and if a pastor uh, has in mind uh, that angle of this text that we want to unpack what it means that Jesus is the Lamb. Um, there's options for that. But I thought this was a little bit more helpful um, because uh, the the gospel reading for this weekend um, begins to stack a lot of titles um, on top of one another about who Jesus is. We start with Jesus as the Lamb, then he's the, the rabbi, the teacher, uh, later on, uh, then he's the Messiah, and and we can add a whole pile of titles that we like: um, Prince of Peace, uh, uh, Mighty Council. These come out at Christmas, of course, um, or or Jesus's example. You know, this is another mm-hmm. favorite. Well, Elizabeth has no time for really too many of those. Um, instead, um, Jesus first is the only Son from heaven. Um, and promised by ancient seers or the or the prophets, um, and this is where she begins. In fact, the the original text. This is sort of a, a a rough translation of her original. Says that Christ sprung from the Father's heart um, is really the idea that she's getting at. It's a much nicer way of saying begotten, right? Yeah, so, it's a much, so. I don't know if it's nicer, but it's a little bit longer. Well, yeah, and right. it's and it's a little bit more like alive than just yeah, sprung here. from yeah. God's heart. Yeah. 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 So um, she starts to, to pick up on these things. Um, the interesting stanza, I think um, is around stanza three and um, Lars, you and I were talking a little bit about that. Can you maybe just say a little bit about what struck you about stanza three? Yeah, I think what comes out of that is a little bit about what you're talking about, <clears throat> that we're not really talking about more titles for Jesus that never get any kind of content, right? Sure. Um, but that this hymn is really trying to say Jesus is what he does, Yeah. right? And uh, what, what Jesus does is God's work into the world. And so stanza three um, has this this line about uh, that this that the that we would be awakened uh, that the Lord would awaken our spirit to know and love you more. And uh, if you're kind of careful about language there about theology, you, you can hear in that that um, somehow that our love for God is deficient and that God would be asking for us to love Him more through knowledge, right? That if we would know God, then we would come to um, know God better. We would love him more. And that's that's actually not what faith is really built around, right? That somehow the more knowledge we build up about God, the more we come to love him. Right. Uh, but that it's rather uh, the more we hear this promise. And that's the first part of that, that is that awakened. The more that we are uh, given the promise, then we actually have something to hold on to and to trust. And that's where the love comes out of. It's not just about of uh, a matter of measuring, is your love good enough today? Uh, if not, get some no- more knowledge. And once you get that knowledge, then you'll have uh, appropriate love. 
Yeah, I think the the helpful way musicians maybe can deal with this and pastors can justify singing something like that, even though it's it's a little bit difficult maybe in, at points. Um, the way I was thinking about this uh, earlier was was about um, when I was growing up, we'd sit around the dinner table and um, and my cousins were living in Florida at the time, and so we you know you you get. Uh, piles of food on your plate and I'm notorious for eating too quickly and eating too much. So I'd have everything done and other people hadn't quite finished eating. And, and, uh, but the question would come, what would you like? Would you like more of something or what's next? And I'd say, well, I'd like a little more of everything. It was more of the same thing (laughs) that had already been given to me. Just give me a little more of everything. I don't want to choose. (laughs) And I think when this hymn says, um, we want to know or love God more. It is to say, I, there's there's an assumption here that I know something about God already, right? Mm-hmm. That I know Christ is the only Son from heaven. I'm going to come back and say, God, give me more of that, because in knowing more of that, do I love God more? No, but but I have some appreciation again. Give me that same th- more of that is the sure. way the way I'd like to hear this. And the original translation um, actually makes this quite clear. Um, so uh, Elizabeth Krusiger's um, words here were uh, are translated in one way, or in one point in this way. Instead of knowing and loving God more or waking our spirit, it says, um, help us instead to stay within faith's limits and to do the spirit's will. Now that I think you can you can say, all right, the spirit is going to do something very specific for a Lutheran, and she's a Lutheran writing um, here, that that the spirit, again, is always driving to Christ and pointing to Christ. So in a way, it sounds uh, in this translation a little bit like, you know, we, we want to know more of God, expand it, expand it, but really she's saying, no, stay within the limits of faith. And that's not to constrict it, it's to say faith in a very specific thing, in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Well, even the next line here in this translation says, in, in faith, faith to, stand. to stand unshaken. Sure. Yep. So, I mean, really it is about faith. It's, it's There's some translation probably issues there. And and honestly, most people probably don't hear the difference. But um, to be to be careful with people, not to be pushing them to say, you must be loving more. That's mm-hmm. That, right. would, be a, that sure. would be a to, caution. Here. Right. To know God is to know Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus's mercy. And right. if you have Jesus's mercy, you either have it, or you don't. Right. It's categorical. So that's, I mean, if it's categorical, is it either yes or no, which is as narrow, stay within the, the bounds of faith as sure. narrow as you can get. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, like you said, there's a lot of uh, names of Christ going on here. Are there other hymns that we would uh, want to take a look at for this week? Sure. So um, sort of like we did uh, last last week when we talked about baptism, I mentioned there were some other ways you could you could look at um, this weekend's gospel text. Um, some of the hymns that you're going to see suggested on uh, the website uh, are going to address the issue of Jesus as the Lamb of God. Um, that title is something many of us are going to sing regularly in worship around communion um, with uh, the Agnus Day, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. And so one of the hymns suggested there is the Lutheran chorale based on the Agnus Day, Lamb of God, pure and sinless. Um, that'll be that'll be one suggestion that begins to unpack what that means. 
Um, others will address directly, sort of as this one does, who Jesus is, what he's come to do, um, that Christ has entered into the world, and this isn't um, something that we're just reading about uh, the disciples sort of discovering, but Christ is actually present now uh, here um, at that time in the word and has come to say something. Um, one example of that might be rise, shine, you people, um, which is in the hymnal as well. And then another one that uh, I guess could be considered a bit of a curveball. It's not going to be at the top of anybody's list, but it addresses instead um, St. Andrew uh, very directly. There's a specific stanza. He, he gets his own, um, is uh, by all your saints and, um, and, and talks about uh, Andrew and specifically coming to know Christ as Messiah rather than teacher. Hmm. So, hmm. so if that's especially wh- where a sermon might land, then this is this is the hymn for you. <laughs> especially if you're trying to give Saint Andrew his day, right? Right. Uh, right come on, right. Everybody. And I, I suspect that's really why it exists um, is for Saint Andrew's day at some other point. But, but here uh, we can we can use it in this context, and it's very helpful because it puts Saint Andrew in the context of. All your saints. Uh, that's the actual title of the hymn. This is not just for St. Andrew, but for the saints sitting around in your congregation today. 